Hello, children. It is your dad, of course, just in my car. And I'm heading, leaving my office right now. I'm going to get some coffee. No, it's a date night, so I'm going to get some chai tea. So your mom doesn't like coffee. And uh, read some more Job. Next, very many chapters, Job's friends start accusing him of stuff he didn't do. Which is oh, just great. Imagine if you were Job saying, well, you're pretty much going to be going back and forth saying, hey, listen, you're kind of a piece, piece of crap. And this is why God's doing it to you. And Job's going to be indignant, saying, no, I'm not. I've been righteous. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. I don't think you know what you're talking about. Back and forth. Uh, spoiler alert. Job does complain a lot. And God does show up. I don't think he's going to show up in this chapter. He shows up like in chapter 40 chapters in Job. So I think he shows up like in chapter 36 or 37. So we're not going to get to it today, I don't think. But, uh, pretty uneventful week. We've been on break with you kids. I just stay in bed all day. All you kids were downstairs on screens, so I'm sure you're probably going to hear about that from your mom later. Um, I've been hanging out with the king a lot more. Oh, you're so precious. I, I, I love hanging out with you. I really do. Um, so I, we went and we did grocery shopping and we just hung out and she's had a great time. You know, when I, I'm one-on-one -on -one with you guys, I couldn't be happier. It's just so fun and fulfilling and, and memorable, unfortunately, because it's just so few and far between that, that we, um, that I get to have just one-on-one -on -one experience with you guys. And then t today, you had to get a flu shot and you were not excited because last time you guys went in for a flu vaccine your mom took all four of you and when we got to according to my according to your mom I like what's the matter according to your mom the king when it came for his shot kind of lost it and started yelling and was a little combative and so we it ended up, your mom's like, no, we're not going to do it, and rushed you out of there, and you were screaming the entire way out of the doctor's office, out of, out of everything, and so, and, the, and then, oh, my precious son, my third child, you said something to your mom that I know I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pay for later, you said, I'm just more comfortable with dad when it comes to this kind of thing than you, mom, and it's, <laughs> uh, I couldn't have scripted a bigger lose-lose situation. I really couldn't have. Because it's a loss if you get the shot with me. And because your mom's like, oh, well, you, I mean, she wouldn't do that, but I'm just thinking out loud. It's a loss if you get the shot. And it's a loss if you don't get the shot. So in, in any of this entire situation, I am not going to come out as any victor. <laughs> it's not good for me. And I'm thinking about this selfishly, by the way. And when you become parents yourselves, you're going to have to think like this too. You're just going to have to. Because guess what? Your spouse is going to think like that too. And, you know, with parenting, it's, it really isn't a competition. But, you know, 
for the longest time, I remember there have been times when I, I would wake up in the morning, your mom would just be so mad at me because I would wake up with children just clawing after holding me in like a death grip because that's how they sleep. I remember the, the namesake, I, I, your mom woke up one morning and the namesake would just, it was just like a, just holding on to me for dear life, but it, he was relaxed. And your mom looked at me and just gave me some attitude because of that. So I, I'm painting her in such a terrible light. She, she's a, the most amazing woman in the world. So don't think I'm bashing her. I'm really not. But again, when you tell one parent, I'm the other parent's better out than you are, it's going to stay a little. So, I mean, we're only human. Just because we're parents doesn't mean we're unfeeling. So anyways, we go in and uh, you, sit, you, you seem fine. And then as soon as the nurse comes, there's a nurse at your pediatrician's office. All she does is the shots. So as soon as you guys see her, you know she, you're going to get a little shot. And it's brilliant the way doctors do that because the doctor doesn't want to be attributed with a shot. The doctor wants you guys to be comfortable. So in their infinite wisdom, they have someone else do the shot, not the doctor. And I think that's actually pretty brilliant. So, so anyways, they, you guys get the, uh, what's it called? You get the shot and, oh no, no, you're about to get the shot and you, you go a little haywire and and then um, I'm trying to hold you I'm trying to show you some movies on my phone I, I keep trying to move you're gonna get it you're gonna get the shot on your right arm because you're left-handed and you just won't turn and finally the nurse kind of like nudges me to restrain you which I'm gonna do like we're not going back here a third time and so it's already 15 minutes of trying to negotiate with you. And uh, spoiler alert, you can't negotiate with a nine-year-old that doesn't want to get a shot. There's no, I'll give you this or that. There's just, it's none. It, you're, you're gone. It's already, you've lost. As soon as you start, start trying to reason with a nine-year-old, forget it. If they don't want the shot, they ain't getting it. So I end up putting my feet around you and then holding you, and then a couple other nurses came in, and as soon as a couple other nurses came in, you kind of relaxed a little bit. I let go a little bit, and then the shot went in and out, and you're like kind of crying and yelling the whole time this is going on, by the way. And uh, you got the shot, and then you profusely said over and over again, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody. Thank you, I did it, I did it, thank you. And I, I'm so embarrassed. Oh, Cal, I was so embarrassed. Oh, we, I told the nurse, I need to get him out of here. She's like, yeah, go, go, go. So I rushed you the heck out of there. And then that was it. And then came home. And you seemed so sad though. Like, I wasn't proud of you. I, I took a shower for that because anyways, I, I, and I came downstairs and I said, like, hey, I'm really proud of you, you did great. <laughs> Here. And I let you <coughs> go on my iPad, play some game or whatever it was. And so, anyways, that was this morning. That was this morning, so. <sighs> so that being said, I, uh, I just, um, it's insane. It's insane, guys. What, what, what you gotta go through? 
Um, so we, uh, anyway, so we, um, it's the end of break. It's Friday, date night. We did bills last week, so it's going to be fun date night this, this, this week. We're going to go to my office, have something to eat, play a board game, maybe watch some TV and just relax a little bit. That'll be really nice for me just to hang out with my wife. You know, no distractions. Your grandpa, the one you call tall grandpa, is a saint. I'm telling you this right now, you're going to hold me accountable. Your grandpa comes over every Friday night to relieve us of our parenting duties. And he's chill, and he's relaxed and everything. And, and I'll tell you this, it's saved our marriage. So, I want you guys to be fully aware that when you start wanting to have date nights again with your spouses, <clears throat> after you start having kids, you better call on me and say, listen, Grandpa did this for you, you're going to do it for us. And I'm going to say, heck yeah, we are. Hang on a second. Hang on one second. Can I have a large chai latte? Of course, anything else? No, thank you. Alright, so we'll be doing that. Sounds good. Well, that's just like the nicest guy in the world. Give some money. And then we're gonna go to back to the office, I think. 570. Sounds good. Oh, so. All right, I'm back. So, who is calling me? Oh, I can't talk to this guy right now. Um, so we break is over. Got all the Christmas stuff put away, and we're gonna have to clean the house tomorrow. But hopefully, we sleep in. Oh, your mom. God, your mom's gorgeous. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent right now. It's been a hard day lately, guys. It's been a, it's been a hard few years. But just know that I love you. I have a trial next week I'm preparing for. I think I'm ready. And the other side has to... Has the onus on them. So we'll we'll see what happens, but, but I've been enjoying Job. You know, for our Bible study at home, for that we host at home, we uh, we've been going through Hosea, which is a prophet that was essentially cheated on by his wife over and over again, and he had to like pay her debts, and she was essentially a prostitute who owed money, and he would continually pay her debts, and they would have. They would have children, and he would name them, like, names like Betrayal or something like, like something of that name. I forget their names. But their names would show that their mother was not faithful. It's a huge, I'm sure it's a huge scandal in Israel, because prophets are almost as, if not more, popular than kings back then. So, you know, it was, it was like a salacious scandal, <clears throat> which Hosea ends up, and we'll, of course, we'll read through it. Hosea ends up uh, 
uh, being a, a metaphor for Israel, the way they've screwed up constantly. So it's um, it's a beautifully disgusting metaphor when you think how God sees sin and iniquity. Got a cavity. It's about the size of like a Rice Krispie cap came off. I'm waiting to get it fixed because it doesn't really bother me that much. When it first came off, it hurt. Uh, kind of waiting. Just don't chew on that side anymore. Took a while with my chai latte. I wonder if everything's okay. All right. There you go. Thank you so much. Too. It's a pleasant experience at Pete's. So, what was I going to say? No, let me head back to the office and re in the parking lot. I don't know. Might be something I want to do. I just want to get like a chai latte and read some Job. It's been a while since I've read. And I, at this point, like it's January 6th, 2023. I have not, I have not, um, I don't think I've posted Nehemiah yet. So that's... Or have I? I'll see. Today is your... My my middle sister's birthday. She... Uh, she's nine years older than me. So it makes her... 52. Is it 52? Yeah. So I'll have to call her later. I should call her now because it's like two hours difference. She was the stereotypical best sister she was the sister that I you know at night she would tell me she would I go into bed with her she, she was on a the top of a bunk bed with my oldest sister my oldest sister was on the bottom she's on the top and she'd cuddle with me and tell me stories and usually the stories would hover around um threatening me kind of playful me she's like George she would say George, don't ever cheat on any of your girlfriends or I'm gonna, uh, you know, the equivalent of castrating you, but with the other part. So that, but I mean, playfully, I mean, I knew not to ever cheat on any girl after being, you know, hanging out with your aunt, my, my second oldest sister. But she would, she was always interested in Star Wars. She was like the with the sister I really wanted and the other two. Unfortunately, the oldest was like a mom. And the youngest was awful. <laughs> oh, she was bad. And now I'm realizing I gotta cut her some slack because I'm now parenting a daughter who desires more privacy than she can get. And we're kinda, our horns are tangling a little bit because she's in the same room as a, as a brother and and it's uh, it's getting kind of hard, and I understand why she wants privacy, and you know, it's just uh, it's you're not getting unsufferable. As I'm talking straight to the entrepreneur, you're just getting pretty consistent in your inconsistency. <laughs> so, but it's uh, we're gonna get through it. By the time you listen to this, hopefully. You'll be past this stage in your 
and your progress, and uh, you know, hopefully you'll be a young adult. Still don't know whether I'm going to, when I'm going to reveal this to you guys. Either I think I think when you start college is the perfect time, because then you could still listen to me, tell you what to do, even if you moved away. So well, I mean that's a huge benefit, right? I'm. Anywho, I'm gonna pause it for now because I think I gotta call some people back. <clears throat> and next time you hear me, we'll be reading Job 11 through. All right, Job 11. Then Zophar the Namathite answered and said, "Should a multitude of words go unanswered, and a man full of talk be judged right?" Should your babble silence men, and when you mock, shall no one shame you? For you say, My doctrine is pure, and I am clean in God's eyes. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips to you, and that he would tell you the secret of wisdom. For he is manifold in understanding. Know then that God exacts of you less than your guilt deserves. Can you find out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limit of the Almighty? It is higher than heaven. What can you do? Deeper than Sheol, what can you know? Its measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he passes through the, and imprisons and summons the court, who can turn him back? For he knows worthless men when he sees iniquity. Will he not consider it? But a stupid man will get understanding when a wild donkey colt is born a man. If you prepare your heart, you will stretch out your hands toward him. If iniquity is in your hand, put it far away, and let not injustice dwell in your tents. Surely then will lift up your face without blemish. You will be secure and will not fear. You will forget your misery and you will remember it as waters that have passed away. And your life will be brighter than the noonday. Its darkness will be like morning. And you will feel secure because there is hope. You will look around and take your rest in security. You will lie down and none will make you afraid. Many will court your favor, but the eyes of the wicked will fail. All way of escape will be lost to them. And their hope is to breathe, breathe their last. Oh, boy. Take a sip. Now, mind you, this guy's telling this man all these. He's, like, chastising his friend who just lost all of his children. And possessions that would make him money. He lost, like, almost everything. Chapter 12. Then Job answered and said, no doubt you are the people, and wisdom will die with you. But I have understanding as well as you. I am not inferior to you. Who does know such things as these? I am a laughingstock to my friends. I, who called to God, and he answered me. A just and blameless man am a laughingstock. In the thought of one who is at ease, there is contempt for misfortune. It is ready for those whose feet slip. The tents of robbers are at peace. And those who provoke God are secure, who bring their God in their hand. But ask the beasts, and they will teach you, the birds of the heavens, and they will tell you, or the bushes of the earth, and they will teach you, and the fish of the sea will declare to you, who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Does not the ear test words as the palate tastes food? Wisdom is with the aged, and understanding in the length of days. With God are wisdom and might. 
He has counsel and understanding. If he tears down, none can rebuild. If he shuts a man in, none can open. If he withholds the waters, they dry up. If he sends them out, they overwhelm the land. With him are strength and sound wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his. He leads counselors away stripped, and judges he makes fools. He looses the bonds of kings and binds a waistcloth on their hips. He leads priests away stripped and overthrows the mighty. He deprives of speech those who are trusted and takes away the discernment of the elders. He pours contempt on princes and loosens the belt of the strong. He uncovers the deeps out of darkness and brings deep darkness to light. He makes nations great and he destroys them. He enlarges nations and leads them away. He takes away understanding from the chiefs of the people of the earth and makes them wander in a trackless waste. They grope in the dark without light and he makes them stagger like drunken men. Chapter 13. Behold, my eye has seen all this, my ear has heard and understood it. What you know, I also know. I am not inferior to you, but I ask, but I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to argue my case with God. As for you, you whitewash with lies, worthless physicians are you all. Oh, that you would keep silent, and it would be your wisdom. Hear now my argument, and listen to the pleadings of my lips. Will you speak falsely for God, and speak deceitfully for Him? Will you show partiality toward Him? Will you plead the case for God? Will it be well with you when he searches you out? Or can you deceive him as one deceives a man? He will surely rebuke you in secret, uh, if in secret you show partiality. Will not his majesty terrify you, and the dread of him fall upon you? Your maxims are proverbs of ashes, your defenses are defenses of clay. Let me have silence, and I will speak, and let come on me what may. Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hand? Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Yet I will argue my ways to his face. This will be my salvation, that the godless shall not come before him. Keep listening to my words, and let my declaration be in your ears. Behold, I have prepared my case. I know that I shall be in the right. Who is there who will contend with me? For then I would be silent and die. Only grant me two things. Then I will not hide myself from your face. Withdraw your hand from me. Excuse me. Withdraw your hand far from me, and let not dread of you terrify me. Then call, and I will answer. Or let me speak, and you reply to me. How many are my iniquities and my sins? Make me know my transgression and my sin. Why do you hide your face and count me as your enemy? Will you frighten a driven leaf and pursue dry chaff? For you write bitter things against me and make me inherit the iniquities of my youth. You put my feet in the stocks and watch all my paths. You set a limit for the soles of my feet. Man wastes away like a rotting, rotting thing, like a garment that is moth-eaten. Chapter 14 Man who is born of a woman is few of days and full of trouble. He comes out like a flower and withers. He flees like a shadow and continues not. And do you open your eyes on such a one and bring me into judgment with you? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? There is not one. Since his days are determined, and the number of his months is with you, and you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass, look away from him and leave him alone, that he might enjoy like a hired hand his day. For there is hope for a tree, if it be cut down, that it will, be, that it will sprout again, and that its shoots will not cease, though its root grow old in the earth, and its stump die in the soil. Yet at the scent of water it will bud, and put up branches like a young plant, but a man dies and is laid low. 
Man breathes his last, and where is he? As waters fail from a lake, and a river wastes away and dries up, so a man lies down and rises not again, till the heavens are no more, he will not awake, or be roused out of his sleep. Oh, that you would hide me in Sheol, that you would conceal me until you your wrath be past, that you would appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my service I would wait till my renewal should come. You would call and I would answer you. You would long for the work of your hands. For then you would number my steps. You would not keep watch over my sin. My transgression would be sealed up in a bag and you would cover over my iniquity. But the mountain falls and crumbles away and the rock is removed from its place. The waters wear away the stones. The torrents wash away the soil of the earth, so you destroy the hope of man. You prevail forever against him, and he passes. You change his countenance and send him away. His sons come to honor, and he does not know it. They are brought low, and he perceives it not. He feels only the pain of his own body, and he mourns only for himself. Right now I'm reading this at the ferry terminal closest to our house. It's dark. I'm underneath a um, street light. If I roll the window down, you could hear the wind, the ocean splash, the, the waves. Let me see. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe we'll close off close to the water so you could hear it. Chapter 15. Then Eliphaz, the Temanite, answered and said, Should a wise man answer with windy knowledge and fill his belly with the east wind? Should he argue in unprofitable talk or in words with which he can do no good? But you are doing away with the fear of God and hindering meditation before the Lord. For your iniquity teaches your mouth and you choose the tongue of the crafty. Your own mouth condemns you, and not I. Your own lips testify against you. Are you the first man who was born, or were you brought forth before the hills? Have you listened in the counsel of God, and do you limit wisdom to yourself? What do you know that we do not know? What do you understand that is not clear to us? Both the gray-haired and the aged are among us, older than your father. Are the comforts of God too small for you, or the word that deals gently with you? Why does your heart carry you away, and why do your eyes flash, that you turn your spirit against God and bring such words out of your mouth. What is man that he could be pure, or he who is born of a woman that he could be righteous? Behold, God puts no trust in his holy ones, and the heavens are not pure in his sight, how much less one who is abominable and corrupt, a man who drinks injustice like water. I will show you, hear me, uh, and what I have seen I will declare, what wise men have told without hiding it from their fathers, to whom alone the land was given, and no stranger passed among them. The wicked man writhes in pain all day, through all the years that are laid up for the ruthless. Dreadful sounds are in his ears. In prosperity the destroyer will come upon him. He does not believe that he will return out of darkness, and he is marked for the sword. He wanders abroad for bread, saying, Where is it? He knows that a day of darkness is ready at his hand. Distress and anguish terrify him. They prevail against him like a king ready for battle. Because he has stretched out his hand against God and defies the Almighty, 
running stubbornly against him with a thickly bossed shield. He has covered his face with his fat and gathered fat upon his waist, and has lived in desolate cities, in houses that none should inhabit, which were ready to become heaps of ruins. He will not be rich, and his wealth will not endure, nor will his possessions spread over the earth. He will not depart from darkness. The flame will dry up his shoots, and by the breath of his mouth he will depart. Let him not trust in emptiness, deceiving himself, for emptiness will be his payment. It will be paid in full before his time, and his branch will not be green. He will shake off his unripe grape like the vine, and cast off its blossom like the olive tree. For the company of the godless is barren, and the fire consumes the tents of bribery. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil, and their womb prepares deceit. That's chapter 15. Chapter 16. Then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are you all. <laughs> Shall windy words have an end? Or what provokes you that you answer? I also could speak as you do. If you were in my place, I could join words together against you and shake my head at you. I could strengthen you with my mouth and solace on my lips would assuage your pain. If I speak, my pain is not assuaged. And if I forbear, how much of it leaves me? Surely now God has worn me out. He has made desolate all my company, and he has shriveled me up, which is a witness against me, and my leanness has risen up against me. It testifies to my face. He has torn me in his wrath and hated me. He has gnashed his teeth at me. My adversary sharpens his eyes against me. Men have gaped at me with their mouth. They have struck me insolently on his cheek. They mass themselves together against me. God gives me up to the ungodly and casts me into the hands of the wicked. The cheek, not his cheek. Verse 10. God gives me up to the ungodly and casts me into the hands of the wicked. I was at ease and he broke me apart. He seized me by the neck and dashed me to pieces. He set me up as his target. His archers surround me. He slashes open my kidneys and does not spare. He pours out my gall on the ground. He breaks me with breach upon breach. He runs upon me like a warrior. I have sewed sackcloth upon my skin and have laid my strength in the dust. My face is red with weeping, and on my eyelids is deep darkness. Although there is no violence in my hands, and my prayer is pure. O earth, cover not my blood, and let my cry find no resting place. Even now, behold, my witness is in heaven, and he who testifies for me is on high. My friends scorn me, my eyes pour out tears to God, that he would argue the case of a man with God. As a son of man does with his neighbor... For when a few years have come, I shall go the way from which I shall not return. Chapter 17 My spirit is broken, my days are extinct, the graveyard is ready for me. Surely there are mockers about me, and my eye dwells on their provocation. Lay down a pledge for me with you, who is there, who will put up security for me. Since you have closed their hearts to understanding, therefore you will not let them triumph. He who informs against his friends to get a share of their property... The eyelids of his children will fail. He has made me a byword of the peoples, and I am one before whom men spit. My eye has grown dim from vexation, and all my members are like a shadow. The upright are appalled at this, and the innocent stirs himself up against the godless. Yet the righteous holds to his way, and he who has clean hands grows stronger and stronger. But you, come on again, all of you, and I shall not find a wise man among you. My days are past. My plans are broken off the desires of my heart. They make night into day, the light they say is near 
to the darkness. If I hope for Sheol as my house, if I make my bed in darkness, if I say to the pit, You are my father, and to the worm my mother or my sister, where then is my hope? Who will see my hope? Will it go down to the bars of Sheol? Shall we descend together into the dust? Chapter 18 Then Bildad the Shuhite answered and said, How long will you hunt for words? Consider, and then we will speak. Why are we counted as cattle? Why are you stupid in your sight? You who tear yourself in your anger, shall the earth be forsaken for you, or the rock be removed out of its place? Indeed, the light of the wicked is put out, and the flame of the fire does not shine. The light is dark in his tent, and his lamp above him is put out. His strong steps are shortened, and his own schemes throw him down, for he is cast into a net by his own feet, and he walks on its mesh. A trap seizes him by the heel, a snare lays hold of him, a rope hidden for him in the ground, a trap for him in the path. Terrors frighten him on every side and chase him at his heels. His strength is famished, and calamity is ready for his stumbling. It consumes the parts of his skin. The firstborn of death consumes his limbs. He is torn from tent in which he is trusted, and is brought to the king of terrors. In his tent dwells that which none of his sulfur is scattered over his habitation. His roots dry up beneath, and his branches wither above. His memory perishes from the earth, and he has no name in the street. He is thrust from the light into the darkness and driven out of the world. He has no posterity or progeny among his people, and no survivor where he used to live. They of the west are appalled at his day, and the horror seizes them of the east. Surely such are the dwellings of the unrighteous, such is the place of him who knows not God. Chapter 19 Then Job answered and said, How long will you torment me and break me in pieces with words? These ten times you have cast reproach me, reproach upon me. Are you not ashamed to wrong me? And even if it be true that I have erred, my error remains with myself. If indeed you magnify yourselves against me and make my disgrace an argument against me, know then that God has put me in the wrong and closed his net about me. Behold, I cry out violence, but I am not answered. I call for help, but there is no justice. He has walled up my way so that I cannot pass, and he has set darkness upon my paths. He has stripped from me my glory and taken the crown of my head. He breaks me down on every side, and I am gone. And my hope has he pulled up like a tree. He has kindled his wrath against me and counts me as his adversary. His troops come on together. They have cast up their siege ramp against me and encamp around my tent. He has put my brothers far from me, and those who knew me are wholly estranged from me. My relatives have failed me. My close friends have forgotten me. The guests in my house and my maid servants count me as a stranger. I have become a foreigner in their eyes. I call my servant, but he gives me no answer. I must plead with him, my mouth of mercy. My breath is strange to my wife, and I am a stench to the children of my own mother. Even young children despise me. When I rise, they talk against me. All my intimate friends abhor me, and those who I have loved turn against me. My bones stick to my skin and to my flesh, and I have escaped by the skin of my teeth. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, O oh, you, my friends. For the hand of God has touched me. Why do you, like God, pursue me? Why are you not satisfied with my flesh? Oh, that my words are written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and lead they were engraved in the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at that Last, he will stand upon the earth. 
And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. If you say how we will pursue him, and the root of the matter is found in him, be afraid of the sword, for wrath brings the punishment of the sword, that you may know there is a judgment. I'm going to stop right there, I think. Um, That's... 11 through 19. It's pretty good. Pretty good chunk. I don't want to go too much further. Um, His friends are pretty awful at this point. I'm going to get out. We're going to walk to the the beach. Listen to some water. You're going to hear me walking for a little bit. Just hang on a second. flag on it. reason for suffering that we understand so like Job we should not like Job we shouldn't question God some terrible things have happened in my life and I'm sure that terrible things have far be it for me to understand God's plan I'm a speck in the wind My Redeemer lives. Because it's true. It's prophetic. Your Redeemer lives. 
told your mom to be home by 7 and 6.45, so gives me enough time to sign off and head home. Sorry, that flagpole is annoying me, so. I love you, and can't wait to hang out with you guys when I get home. It's January 18th, 2023, and I'm excited to just hang out with you guys. See what trouble you're getting into. Maybe um, rescue your mom from having a fit, because she does that for me. So, I love you all. And in everything you do, do it for the kingdom and the king. God bless. Call to give and to serve and settle